I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan, it's it's Saturday afternoon and two big scale releases hit theaters yesterday. Scarcely a week after Tom Cruise hit the theaters with Mission Impossible 7. Yeah. Uh, The first of those movies... Christopher Nolan returns uh, is not the name of the movie. It's the status of the film. Uh, uh, he brings us another period drama. Oppenheimer. Uh, because nothing says summer blockbuster like nuclear weapons. Um, mass, mass destruction. Right. Uh, however, let's, let's say that this movie is not about a weapon of mass destruction. It's about a man. Uh, yeah. and it's, uh, it's about a man who is maybe more than history might currently remember him for. And by history, I mean, public history, you know, public yeah. consciousness, uh, because, you know, history is history and, you know, there's books and whatnot. Uh, Robert, or excuse me, J. Robert Oppenheimer, American scientist, theoretical physicist picked to lead the effort to construct an atomic weapon in world during World War II. Yeah. Uh, before the Germans could, because we knew the Germans were trying. So uh, the arms race started before we even really had an arms race. Uh, and it is about a man who is very, very complicated. Uh, both in his personal opinions and his political background, his scientific background. Um. How much did you know about Oppenheimer? I haven't read the book that it's based on yet. Yeah, I, I didn't know a lot of anything, to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, the basics. You know, he led a team that, you know, uh, but I, I didn't certainly. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know a lot. No, um, yeah. So it, he, and, and it's it's weird. So he esta- he established uh, Los Alamos. Yeah. Uh, the the super special high tech lab, which ironically is is because he likes New Mexico and he has land there. Um, and I think it's only marginally humorous in the in the worst possible way that they actually the federal government took the land for the Los Alamos laboratories from the Indians, and then at the end when they were done building the bomb, Oppenheimer said, "You should just give it back to the Indians." Um, and hmm. That's not what happened uh, yeah. because it couldn't. But uh, so, but no, it's, this is weird. Yes, Oppenheimer, he's, he's a name. He's just like this point in history uh, that I think if you just if you said Oppenheimer, people would be, would be like, wait. And then if you said atomic bomb, they'd be like, oh, yeah. Um, I had no idea, and I don't know if it's true. Uh, Nolan portrays him as this Einstein, Hawking, Turing level super genius. Um, of a, of a scientist who sees beyond. He's not great at math, as he and Einstein often joke. Neither of them are, um, but they're very good at, at the science and the theory. Uh, 
but yeah, Oppenheimer here is made to be this this you know kind of like super super genius, uh, and I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, I I found that interesting, uh, and then the fact that this whole thing is well, okay. Let's talk about Christopher Nolan's last movie, Tenet. Um, weird narrative, unusual construction, not incredibly well received overall. Some people were diehard no. Tenet people. I think it's a short film. But, um, you know. uh, so this is a a lot more conventional story in that it's the story of one man's life. Um, sort of, sort of, well, it really, well, cause he's the fulcrum around which everything pivots. Uh, but it's still got some unique construction, but nothing really out of bounds. It's, it's told in a series of n- nested flashbacks. Um, because the now in this film is, uh, like 1954, something like that. Eisenhower, or yeah, Eisenhower is trying to get uh, someone confirmed through the Senate as the Commerce Secretary of all things. Uh, but that guy's background deals with Oppenheimer and and science. And Oppenheimer had some opinions and questionable associations uh, earlier in his life. Um, you know, so. Like everybody else. Like everybody else at the time, yeah. <laughs> so we're post-McCarthy, yeah. but just. Yeah. Uh, so in, in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's still you're, you're a communist or you're not. Right. And uh, so a lot of this, this is uh, the, these confirmation hearings become a rehashing of things that had previously been hashed out when he was building the atomic bomb. Yes. Um, but now they're being... And, and then, of course, his... his his life after that, when he kind of became a spokesperson against an arms race. Um, I found that very interesting. This movie is beautifully shot. It, what would they say? There's like 77 versions of this film out there, uh, just in different formats and, and actual media. Cause there's digital, there's film, there's 70 millimeter IMAX, there's 35 millimeter IMAX, there's 35 millimeter, uh, then there's all the digital, there's the digital IMAX. So there's a billion different ways to see this film. Uh, and, and Nolan wants you to see it in 70 millimeter IMAX. Uh, what there's what, what 20, 22 places in the United States that can actually show that. Um, we saw it in 35 millimeter. We saw a 35 millimeter film print. Uh, and we had, we, we kind of chatted previously about this. I, I don't know that I necessarily liked the quality of this print. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 sure. There's a lot of factors. Uh, film, film is a tricky thing. Um, uh, you, you know, I mean, there's so many more things that can go wrong with film than than digital. But uh, it does have a particular feel and look to it that yes. that you know, uh, even the you know the the best fake did you know or yeah, you know, it just you can't replicate it. I no. guess is what I'm saying. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was a little unusual because I don't know that I've seen a, a film on film for quite some time. I can't, I couldn't even tell you the last time. So that in and of itself was 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 kind of unusual. Um, and I, I literally think there's one or two theaters in Utah that can still pull that off. 
um, just why we were at the Broadway. Yeah. Um, because everywhere else is shipped out the the old uh, film the projectors. Yeah, the film projectors. Yeah, everything everything is a digital projector now. So yeah, but I I would still be interested in seeing this. I would in I think in digital IMAX we'd get a lot more. Obviously, we would get a lot more clarity. That's kind of the point of a digital print and IMAX. Um, but it was weird. But even you know all the flaws in the in this this film print weirdly kind of lent a kind of added to the the appearance. And I said I didn't know if it was a problem with the print or if somehow he did something to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it was just, it was just, it, but you're right. It's a different feel watching a film on film, uh, as opposed to the same film digitally. Uh, so it, that was, that was kind of interesting. Uh, this is a very, it's very muted as a lot of his films are, you know, color wise. Um, it's a lot of grays, a lot of, you know, browns, oranges, uh, there's not a lot of warmth. I mean, well, it, I guess all those are technically warm colors. There's not a lot of cool. There's not a lot of blues. You know, there's not a lot of lights in it. Uh, it it's it's a very interesting look to the film. Uh, not as dark as say Dark Knight or Dark Knight no. Rises, uh, but it's just you know it mirrors the 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 tone of of Oppenheimer's kind of mental state for a lot of the film. Uh, Cillian Murphy is Oppenheimer. Uh, he, I I think he's great. <laughs> uh, I, w- was it you that said that said he wasn't doing a lot? Basically, well, I mean, I think I think uh, he's he's given the space to work in, um, and and within that space, it's 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 almost kind of like where you have the comedian and then the, the straight guy right and the straight guy can only go so far before you know he, he steps out of his role and right. so i think it's something like that whereas you know a, a lot of the characters around him had to be more showy um i i think he's doing a lot of acting i just think it's you know a lot of it is is internal um and you know, sometimes we get a, a peek inside of that internal, uh, you know, kind of sort of what the process looks like. Um, but I just, I, I just, it's hard for me to look at that performance go, okay, that, that should win an Oscar. Not because it's not good, but just, and maybe this is, I guess I don't know if there's a particular, that performance should be an Oscar, but I just, I, I just thought he was, he's a little confined. I, I guess we don't get to see his full range of, of talent in this that we that we know he has. That, but that's uh, that's a limitation of this characterization. Yeah, as, a, as opposed and to that's, his style. That's that's fair enough. Okay, so let's let's. I mean, obviously, this is going to be bandied about as as an, an awards film. So let's talk about. I mean, obviously, we get Christopher Nolan, who wrote from the book, uh, adapted from the book, and directed. Zillian Murphy, Emily Blunt is his wife. Uh, Matt Damon is General Groves, who is uh, over him uh, running the Manhattan Project. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. uh, is a player. He he comes in late in the chronology, but he's in the film very early because he is a Louis Strauss who is being confirmed uh, and who is trying to deal with the fallout of Oppenheimer's life and how he dealt with him after the war, but before now. Uh, 
Jason Clark is a guy that's uh, interviewing uh, Oppenheimer for the uh, Atomic Energy Commission during you know a thing that's going on, uh, which is kind of pivotal here. Uh, who, uh, Kenneth Branagh is in this as a German scientist. Um, uh, Josh Hartnett is in it as another scientist. He's like an engineer. He's an engineer more than a theorist. Uh, who's uh, one of Oppenheimer's uh, colleagues? Um, and everyone is. Uh, so, but I mean, you can go up and down the row on this this film, and everyone is. Rami Malek is in it mm-hmm. very briefly, <laughs> but but he's in it. Um, it's yeah. it's nuts. All the people that are in this movie. Um, so yeah, it's going to be talked about. This is a project uh, that is is. It deservedly needs to be talked about at the very least come award season. We'll see how it all shakes out um, by then. Uh, A lot of the early buzz was for Robert Downey Jr. because it's Robert Robert Downey Jr. not playing Tony Stark. Um, I would actually argue that if you'd like to make a Marvel comparison, he is closer to Obadiah Stane than Tony Stark in this in this movie, Um, although a little less bombastic than than Obadiah Stane. Um, but uh, um, mostly my, one or two spots, but and, and, and until his lid goes off. Oh yeah, well once yeah once he once he loses it he loses it hard. Uh, but Josh Hartnett, everyone is is raving about Josh Hartnett, uh, who it's nice to see yeah. back. He's got a fairly fairly meaty role. Um, I I think he it'll says, get him more work. I don't know that it's actually anything special. Oh, but he's good. But he's yeah, he's he's fine. He's fine or more better than fine. Uh, I I don't want to you know negate the the good, but I I feel almost like that people were doing that, uh, even though it's not a lead role. Kind of the way they were like trying to build up uh, Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. as a comeback kind of thing. So I yeah no yeah I mean there's you know he's an an amenable actor that I think most people like I. I couldn't tell you the, the depth of his career, um, no. but he, he pops up on the screen and you go, oh, yeah, 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 like, good to see that guy. Yeah. Um, so that, and, that, and so that's, I, I almost feel kind of like that, like that buzz might go away. I think the buzz will stay for Robert Downey Jr. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good role. It's not a lead. So don't, don't be, don't be pushing him yeah, for a lead. It's a supporting know. role. Um, and man, the performances well, are good. I, I like you know. I mean, this is this is a film that's dominated mostly by men, and that that shouldn't or male characters, and that should be no surprise considering it, it exists in the world of politics and academia and science in the fifties, um, which doesn't give a lot of room uh, for women, um, and and you know that is what it is. Um, so there's but the the women who are in this film tend to tend to have a uh what a real impact uh yeah um, so yes emily blunt who what uh, oppenheimer's her third fourth husband yeah uh at at this point uh who she has issues but she's also she's not just a housewife she i no. mean she kind of she's a housewife but she's very intelligent, also, especially in, in the late film when it comes to the political stuff. 
She's very yeah, she's aware like, and intuitive. She's a bad housewife. She's not very good at that. Being yeah, okay, that's fair. She's a bad housewife. She's she's like good at being things that she's not. If that, I, I know that sounds strange, but she's she's kind of a free spirit. Who uh, convention doesn't really work for her, even if she thinks she uh, wants it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the other the other main uh, female role in this is played by Florence Pugh. Yeah. who is also in this movie, uh, who plays, if, if you know, Emily Blunt is his wife, whom he loves. Uh, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, a previous and then a previous lover who never goes away. Right. Almost that, that, that she's the one he can't shake. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 but there's a lot, you learn a lot from that relationship. Well, and, you as know, well. it's funny because someone asked, you know, I can't remember, did, you know, did Florence get the short end of the stick on this one? Because, I mean, yes, Florence is naked a lot in this movie. Um, but there's, I, to me, it was it was like, well, first of all, she wouldn't be if she didn't want to be or, you know, I mean, she could have turned the world down. It's not like I don't think Christopher Nolan demanded that she do this or whatever um you know so there's that but uh but i think there's something interesting about her character that at some you know she that character that that feels very them i guess yeah um you know it's not it's it's not like they came up with this character and she's just naked all the time or whatever (laughs) no it's no she's she's it's it's kind of the you know, there's just a freedom to her that she embraces. Well, um, and she, if Emily Blunt is a bad house, housewife, Florence Pugh's character, whose name escapes me for the moment, uh, and it's not on the cast list, amazingly, that I'm looking at. Um, she's she's very bad at peopling. Yeah, she is very. Yeah. She she's. It's very hard for her to human, in a lot of ways. Um, she has some stuff going on, uh, and so she's she. She's not a straightforward love interest. There's there's more to her, and she's just bad at it. Well, uh, but she's good in the role. But hey, look, if you enjoy what you're seeing and hearing on the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, why not take a second to click subscribe if you're on YouTube, click follow wherever you're listening to us, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at VS Movie Podcast. Same over on Facebook. If you're on uh, Instagram, it's Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. That would be awesome for us. We appreciate you listening. And now let's get back to the show. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
No, yes, and I think I think there is. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting role because if she had been better at things, um, I would suggest that the two of them probably yes, uh, Oppenheimer and her probably do end up together. But because she's bad at things, that that's kind of what what keeps them apart. Um, and that's and to me that's an interesting dynamic because. You know, it's it's th- th- there's a real pull there, um, and not that I mean Oppenheimer uh, was known for being somewhat of a ladies' man, um, and and the irony there being, at least based on the way that Nolan has portrayed him, it, it was because he was smart, not necessarily because he was attractive, but it was because he was very intelligent. He was a um, he he was a, he he's a science rock star. Yeah. So and, yeah. And, you know, and there and that attracts a certain kind of woman. Um and you know, and it, so he may not be a traditional heartthrob, but it, it makes sense to me the way that the, the character's been constructed. Again, not knowing a lot about him. Yep. Uh you know, how how true is it? I don't know, but it, but for the for the purpose of this narrative, uh, they you know, built a, a believable um, complex group of people, um, and uh, boy, are they complex because it's a large group of scientists. Yeah, from yeah. Various, various corners of the world who have been, you know, basically who who've run from Germany for one reason or another. Um, they're Jewish, or you know, it's it's funny because in in some ways Hitler really embraced. The idea of you know science and being bigger and better and whatever, but at the same time he undermined, I think scientists in general. Yeah, and uh, I I love that that's pointed out. Yeah, Oppenheimer so, points that out. It's like, oh, he's not going to work. He's not working for Hitler. Well, how do you know? Well, he's Jew. Hitler's not going to listen yeah. to him. Yeah, it's just it's just not going to happen. You know, he's the smartest guy in the room, but but, but he's a Jew. Yeah. So nope, anyway. sorry, can't play. Um, uh, Anyway, so yeah, but I think I just think uh, you know I think Florence is, is I she probably wouldn't get I, I think I don't know that I would give her awards for this, but I wouldn't argue against her. Um, but I do just it is interesting that that this this male dominated world has some really really nice uh, women characters in it. Yeah, and they're, they're when they're on screen, they're pivotal. They're important. They're not window dressing at all. Uh, which is great. Um, the bomb again, people were like, Oh, this is about the bomb. It's like, no, the bomb shows up two thirds of the way through the film. Yeah. Uh, and it is a really impressive scene. Uh, it really is. And there are stories and stuff out there about how they shot it. Go look them up. Uh, but no bombs were used, uh, to, to, to make that. Um, but that's almost incidental. The everything, his life leads up to, to that, that moment where they detonate that bomb project Trinity, uh, to prove that the bomb works. And then we drop, of course, two bombs on Japan, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, and then the war is over and Oppenheimer has to deal with the fallout of that. And I love that they keep going back to Einstein we keep we keep going back to Einstein and his you know opinions uh, and Kenneth Branagh 
tells tells Oppenheimer early on, you know, you can't move the you have if you move the rock, you have to be prepared for the snake that's underneath. And that's what the atomic bomb was. And that's where Oppenheimer and really he he's not reacting. He's trying to plan for post bomb in the lead up. And you see that. Uh, I, 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 I think, I think Nolan does a really good job here of presenting because it would be very easy for people to just go into this and go, Oh, this, this movie glamorizes weapons development or the military or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. But I think Nolan really does try to present all of the nuance to every decision, every rationale, um, right or wrong. Uh, often both. Yeah, well, I, and I think I think a lot of what the movie is is him. He's trying to find out, uh, and particularly when, when there's a scene at the very end that, that I think reinforces this idea a lot. But I think I think that he's smart enough to know how everything could go wrong, and so or or how the world could take this thing that he's making and and you know he he's trying to convince himself that he's doing something that will save lives um that will uh, be a benefit to humanity um and so i think a lot of it there's there's some talking himself into what he's doing a little bit i mean i think he's obviously he's driven he wants to find answers um but he's not completely blind right uh, although but he is naive um, and so I think it is a, a movie about, or he chooses to be naive. He's, he's uh, selectively bl- myopic. Yeah. Um, he's not, he, he knows that the bad stuff is out there, but he, he doesn't talk about it and he, and he doesn't talk about it in a way that tries to maybe diffuse it from coming to fruition. He doesn't just deny that thing, you know, he, he, it, it almost feels like he tries to steer everything to where, you know, he's trying to pre steer the future by what he's doing now. Uh, instead yeah. of, you know, some people are like, well, if we just do this, this, and that, and he's like, no, we're going to do the other thing because it's, it's, it's either a longer road or a harder road or it's a road that buys time. Whereas the other road that someone else is suggesting is like, you know, that's the highway to hell. You know, yeah. you, you know, you, you know, the expressway to, oh, damn. Uh, so it, 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 yeah, he, he, he often appears naive and I don't necessarily think that that's true. I don't, yeah, I think naive, it, it's, yeah, I, I think it's a choice though. He chooses to a certain degree to, uh, well, well and, you know, I think part of it is he has, he puts faith in people that maybe he shouldn't. And, and, and a lot of times he, he, he does that and people have to come and argue with him, And that's when they see his argument. It might not change, but it ch- might not change them necessarily, but I, they have to figure out why he's doing something instead of him just saying whatever yeah. it is a very, he's very bad at people, but he's also very good at people when it comes to science um, and, and it, it, he has an authority that helps. Uh, but I think the fact that he, he does present as kind of awkward forces people to deal with him in a different way. And it, uh, often that's to his advantage. 
Yeah. At least in terms of what he's trying to accomplish. You know, obviously he, he, he can't stop the atomic bomb from being developed by somebody. Uh, and he acknowledges that, you know, if, if the Germans develop the bomb, they will use it. And if yeah. we do, maybe we won't. And that's well, his I, rationale. Uh, well, I, I, and I think it's more of we'll use it, but we won't keep using it. Right. Or, or we'll, we'll, we'll use it as a... Uh, They'll destroy the world. We might not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 we'll put this out there and say, look what horrible thing we can do. We should never do this. And everyone will say, yeah, you're right. We should never do this. Yeah. What is it? They don't understand. They don't fear what they don't understand. They, they can't fear it until they understand it. And they can't understand it until they see it. Yeah. And, and he's tr- It's true. Uh, you know, politicians uh, don't, and, and, you know, people don't, they, we often say we fear what we don't understand. Well, that's not always true. Sometimes we, we can't fear it because we don't understand it. You know, if it's so amorphous that you, you know, you can't understand it, then well, what is there to be afraid of? And then, you know, what, what is it? There's definitely a near zero chance that we will not ignite the atmosphere. Yeah. Near zero. Near zero. Near zero. You know, which in science, you know, that's awesome. But, uh, you know, literally that, that was the math. The math said there's a near zero chance that the first atomic bomb would not, well, there's a near zero chance that it would ignite the atmosphere and destroy the world. And it's like, Oh, but we, we have to keep going. But they kept rerunning the math, which is what I thought was great. It's like, you know, because well, everything is theory. Theory will only yes. take you so far. That's the other great line out of this movie. Theory will only take you so far, uh, which is true, which is why they had to build the bomb. Uh, it's, but, uh, the, but the film, again, it's not about the bomb. It's about the man and the rationale and the fallout. Um, and, the, and the team and the... the managing of personalities and that's all uh, that's all gravy yeah well yeah yeah that's that's all that's all you know that's that that's you know that's all the side dishes of uh, what i i think it's a grand political this is a grand political tale told through one guy through the biggest bomb that we've built uh so it's 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 weird it's it's big and it's small it's you know it's pragmatic and it's idealistic it you know it's all of these things it's it's just and it's three hours long and honestly you know, what do we you know the first thing we say when we see a three-hour movie is man they could cut 45 minutes out of this movie and i i'm okay with every minute of this film yeah and in fact there's there's this couple of things where you're like ooh, uh maybe i sh- we should have shown them a little more of that but and, and maybe and he, but here's here's the thing about th- that as well as the stuff that's not in there, maybe it just didn't work. Right. You know, it, it, you know, there's certain things like, oh, that's interesting. I, I thought that that might be the case of the relationship between these two characters, but you now are just kind of throwing it out there as a quick little aside. And, um, you know, maybe I would like to see how that relationship worked, but maybe it, it's not in the film because it really wasn't, you know, once, once you got beyond what it was, it wasn't that interesting. Yeah, um, I don't know, but anyway. So there's uh, no. I I think you know. There's a part of me that was like, oh, this this maybe should have been a four hour movie. 
I, I, I almost, I, I, I jokingly said this could have been a six hour or a six episode limited series yeah. on, you know, on max. There could have been six, one hour episodes and I'd, I'd have been okay with that. Um, but Probably, I, but I'm yeah. totally okay with, with this three, I'm okay with this three hour movie. Yeah. I, I think the structure is a little weird. Um, I think it's, it almost feels like book one, book two. Yeah. Um, that, that, or, and, and book one's longer. Um, cause that, that final act is, is a, it shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. That's fine. Um, but it almost, it, it, it's still about Oppenheimer, but it's, it, it's about him in a different way at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think prior to, I mean, the, there's always that sense of how do people see this man? Um, but the first two thirds of the film, it really felt like he was the person showing us through the, the story. Mm-hmm. He was the, the, you know, this is my story. Um, let's make a few stops along the way. Whereas that last one, that last act feels like it's someone else who's jumped in um, to take the narrative. It, and, um, and one would argue that it's Robert Downey Jr., but I would almost argue that it's actually Alden Ehrenreich. The, well, the, it, the yes, Senate aide yes. that's trying to, to shepherd him through these hearings, he kind of becomes yeah. our avatar yeah. in, in, in that part of the, but you're right. It is, it is, it does shift a little bit in, in that last act um, because, because it's bringing us up to now it's, it's the, the consequence of everything that came before gets yeah. popped into that last, that, that last act. And that, so that last I, act is about, is more about, uh, you know, Strauss, Robert Downey Jr., than it is Oppenheimer, but Oppenheimer is still. It's still Oppenheimer. That yeah, he's it's still the fulcrum. Like, so uh, it's, it's, it's the trial. You know, it's the what what now that the man has done what he did. What is he guilty of? Yep. But you know, nothing. Uh, but that, and that's that's the and that's that's why I said it's it you know it's it's a political thriller. You know, it's because it's what is you know what is acceptable today that will not be acceptable tomorrow. Or what do we need to vilify someone for today? Even though we lauded them for it before. Yeah. You know, it's so in terms of, of politics, that's spot on. uh, Yeah. In this, in this movie. And it's, and, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, he, he did what we asked him to do and we're not so sure we should have asked. Yeah. Uh, Oh, well, you know, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> thanks thanks but no thanks you know in you know god god love oppenheimer you know he's basically he's sorry not sorry yeah. you know nothing nothing changed between then and now except you've chosen to make it well yeah. a, a big deal which, which is i think a fairly compelling thing he's yeah he's almost canceled uh if you will if you'd like in the modern parlance uh, sure. cancel culture comes for Oppenheimer. Um, but more political than social. It's, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, but again, I love that stuff and you're right. So the, the, you know, the team, the team at Los Alamos, the, 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 the hearing for his security clearance, the, 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 you know, the, the confirmation hearing for Robert Downey Jr. Uh, all of that. So I love that stuff. And the fact that they dump it in this great historical narrative, um, so, you know, it's, it's all basically cause a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the hearing stuff is on record, Yeah, you know, so it's, 
you know, it's, it's documented. They may have jazzed up a point or two, but the guts are all there. So it's, I love that. The fact that it's, it's, it's real, so to speak, how real we'll wait and see. Uh, but, uh, I, I think it's great. I think it's worth, I think it's worth every minute of its 180 minute runtime. Um, and I would really like to see it in, in IMAX, uh, which I might do here in a couple weeks when I actually get time again, uh, which I do not have. Uh, but this is a very, I say it's, it's an easy recommend, but man, the movie's not for everyone. If you're not willing to sit through a three hour historical epic, then obviously this is not for you. Um, but it's, man, it's good. You know, it's a character drama ensemble piece. Um, with uh, a pretty, I mean, the scope of it is is massive. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, but the the filming of it and and a lot of it is is a very intimate film as well. Um, you know, lots of little between character scenes. Yeah. Um, rather yeah. than uh, this, this, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I guess it, it's not about the violence or the spectacle as much although it's funny to say that because here it is it's shot in 70 and being shot on i right. and so to a certain degree yeah it is about the way it looks but at the same time it doesn't feel it, it doesn't feel like it's shoving you know the epic nature of the story down your throat right and then that's it's a it, it, you're right that's a weird it's a weird difference i mean really it's imax for the explosion. Well, because there's one explosion in this movie. Sure, but I, uh, you know, and I think, but I think we we often when we think of uh, you know cinematography, it's these these big big things, the, you know, like long shots, and, you know, this and that. Where, you know, I think we do have to remember that you can shoot a, a two person scene in a way that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's just as beautiful and as complex and maybe even more complex than, than a big, you know, wide open space shot. Um, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of people, that's why Citizen Kane was, was kind of a, a thing when it came out. Cause it did a lot of interesting things, uh, with the camera, uh, in, in, in closed spaces. So, um, I think maybe we've kind of gotten used to cinematography being, you know, large scale epic yep. stuff. Um, and so it's nice to see a movie that is in in and of itself big and large scale, but the story and the way that it's done is not. Yep. So there you go. That is, that is Oppenheimer. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.